Hey, how you doing? This is Gospel of Kennison, the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison, brought to you the week of February 16, 2020. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a weird one because it's going to be a lot of, uh, well, it's three main segments smushed together from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. I answer questions. I talk about the children's event that we're doing on the 23rd. I talk about Narthex con. Um, and I know I only released a new episode three days ago. Uh, but maybe this one will make up for some of the weeks that I didn't do anything. So it's not going to cost you any more patrons. You, you pay by the month. So don't, don't get no sweating thinking the man's going to pump up the, the episodes and, uh, and try to get some uh, some more cash out of you. Well, anyway, I hope you'll enjoy it. And uh, give me feedback on the uh, format. If you like it, then we can do it. Um, you know, one idea I just had is instead of clamoring them all together, maybe if I do it on the daily, I should upload little mini-sodes. Um, so what do you prefer? Give me some feedback. James at NLCast.com. Without further ado, here's a big mess of podcast stuff. Peace. It's Friday and I don't know. I think I'm going to just do a little bit of podcasting every day this week and then put it out as a podcast at the end of the week. So, um, this probably should have been on episode 16 or 17 because this week was pretty awesome for me. Um, you know, I, the, the depression, um, has lifted and I am definitely in an upstate. Uh, I, I've taken some medicine, it's trazodone if you care. <laughs> and, uh, I was taking like a hundred, uh, milligrams and now I'm taking 200. And then what it has done is it has given me, um, it, it has given me the ability to wake up and accomplish things. Um, every day this week I've gotten up and I've gotten right in the shower, which sometimes the shower can be the worst part of the entire day. Um, but getting it out of the way and, and, and I've also had a plan of what I wanted to do with my day every day. And, and what I've been doing is before I go to bed, I think about it. I think about what I want to do the next day. And then I have all this time to obsess about it <laughs> while I'm trying to fall asleep and, um, and go ahead and get all of that out of the way. And then the next morning when I shower, um, I can prepare myself and even dress myself for that activity. So for instance, if, if the activity means I don't go out that day, maybe I don't wear a shirt that I care about. You know, I, I dress for comfort. Um, another day was the day I decided to paint the front door. And that meant that everything I wore had to be paint worthy, um, down to my shoes. Uh, and you say, well, why is that? Why is that a big deal? Because there were other days that I thought, Hey, I should paint the door. And I was dressed for going outside, but not dressed for paint. And immediately my depression brain says, forget it. 
we're not painting the door today because that would involve changing clothes and we're not we don't have the energy for that just hang it up dude so anyway um feel good for me because i'm up and it's been a while and i know it i know it can't be permanent and that stinks and this is this is what happens for me is that i'm down and i feel like it's forever and i never get anything done and then i'm up and it's like i make i try to make up for all the things that i didn't get done and right now i'm really focused on podcasting and trying to get a few things done around the house that have fallen away um because I want to make good use of the time. What I don't want to do is get myself involved in stuff that is that is above and beyond my abilities when I go back down. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to go start a bunch of stuff that I have to maintain once I'm down that I won't be able to maintain. So, uh, podcast stuff is kind of easy it's stuff i was doing before i was down and while i was down so working on it seems pretty safe um some of you know that i'm starting a uh or i'm part of a, a a start of a kids church that we're starting on the 23rd of this month and uh, i've definitely got to put some effort and and time into that i've been working on it I, I like I said I wrote a theme song and um I, I had to get the music for that. I had to write it and then I am in the process of having someone record it and I, hopefully this week that will be done. But that that's a big part of it because I'm a, I'm in charge of the uh opening uh program. So the kids will come in and we have games set up for them. Uh, things like nine square in the air. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but you need to look it up on YouTube if you haven't. If you're a part of a youth group or know of one and they don't know about nine square in the air, you need to tell them about it because it's the greatest. Uh, I, I don't like it because I'm an old man, but man, the kids, oh my goodness, uh, teenagers and stuff, they love it. Nine square in the air. We have one of those. And so they'll be busy doing that kind of stuff. And then we'll start a countdown and then after the countdown, I always hate it when there's a countdown and then nothing happens. And, and youth groups and children's churches and churches in general are sometimes the worst at it. And, and I, actually, I'll, I'll take back what I said about adult services, because sometimes adult services do. They start right on time. But I've never seen a children's church or a youth group, uh, you know, countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 8, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then there's just this epic thing that happens. And I always want there to be an epic thing that happens. And to me, the, the most epic thing I could think of was a good theme song. And um, if you know me and you know my podcasts, I like me some theme songs. And, uh, you know, most of my shows have one. Uh, Red School Bus has one. Uh, that Story Show has one. And uh, I'm a big fan uh, uh, actually one of my older shows with Jay had one um, that I wrote and had a friend record. It was called uh, grateful uh, the grateful song. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called, but that's, that's, it was called grateful kid. 
was the name of the uh, podcast, but the song itself um, was called These Are Things I'm Grateful For, I think is what it was. So, um, Grateful Kid. I'm, I'm trying to find one right now for you. Uh, let's see. See if I can play a little bit of it. Oh, it's not going to work. Ah, anyway. Um, so I love theme songs. And so my point is that I have a theme song and when we do the countdown, we're going to go right into the theme song. And that's something, that's something to take the energy of the pre-show and filter it right into the, uh, the show itself, the upfront opening ceremony. And, um, and, and I'm excited about that. I don't remember exactly what my point was, <laughs> but, uh, but that that's, there's other things I need to work on. I've already got, um, the banners printed for this event. Um, I, I did stage banners, which I love stage banners. I love stage, uh, holders, banner holders. Um, if you don't know what those are, look them up in Google images, uh, vertical banner holders. They're, they're like amazing alien looking things that, that have metal parts, plastic parts, and then fiberglass parts that bend and stretch the, um, the, the, the banner out. And, uh, so I've got these two banners that are about five foot tall by two foot wide. And they say novation kids on it. And it looks really good. And it's going to decorate the stage. Good. I got some that were for meant, meant for outside. And, uh, we've got those. And then I printed ones for each classroom. So there would be some color and theming inside the classroom. Um, what I've got to do now is I got to make sure that all of the group leaders and the rotation leaders have what they need. Cause I'm not only in charge of the upfront part, it's kind of my job to get the whole thing going. And, uh, so I need to order a little bit more materials and make sure I get those in. So this weekend, tomorrow, um, not a whole lot going on. My wife is going to go see a friend of hers, new baby. And I asked if I could go and she pretty much said no, um, that it would be weird. I like babies. Um, but she's probably right. I, I feel like right now, like I could go see everybody's baby, but tomorrow I probably don't care about somebody's baby. So she's right. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to go see a baby tomorrow, but I am going to go to dinner with my wife and we go to only a few places. Um, one of the places we go is red lobster. Another place we go is, uh, it's not Carabas. What's that place called olive garden. And sometimes we go to, uh, Texas state, Texas roadhouse. And Texas Roadhouse is our favorite place, except for the atmosphere. It's very loud, and there's lots of people there. If I could take the food out of Texas Roadhouse and put it in a quieter restaurant, I think I would be describing a steakhouse now that I think about it. And I think the steak would probably go from $8 to probably $100. And I don't think we would go on as many dates if that was the case. But if you guys out there... If you know of a place uh, that would that would be the perfect mix of a, a place I could get steak 
mashed potatoes, French fries, and and not have to hear achy breaky heart and a line dance um, instead of eating, you know, talking to my spouse. That would be great. Maybe there is such a place, but the only place I can think of that does steaks and quietness is on the, I heard about them on the radio and it, they're like expensive. I can't even remember their name right now. That's how expensive they are. If I say their name, it would, they would charge my podcast money. But, um, so that's tomorrow. And then Sunday is the 16th and I've got to, um, uh, we're going to have a training night at the church and we're going to have everybody come back out again. We had a training last Sunday, if I didn't mention that. And it went well. And I, was, uh, I wasn't I was nervous. And, and, and that's one of the good t- things about being up. Is for me, my up is my normal. Like, that's who I am. It's I, I, If I'm bipolar, I don't go into a manic phase. I just go into a James phase where I'm not depressed and I'm not down. I'm not deflated. And so... Uh, normally, uh, depressed James would have been all anxious about the training, would have been worried about it and all this kind of stuff. Second guesses himself afterwards and all this, but, um, the training went well and everybody seems excited and I covered everything that I was supposed to cover. And, um, so this Sunday night there, we're all coming together to, uh, decorate our rooms and set up chairs and make sure we got everything squared away like that. And then that gives us an entire week to finalize everything. And cause you know, the first time you do something is the hardest time you do something afterwards, you know, it gets easy. It's like vacation Bible school. If any of you have ever volunteered with a VBS or any kind of thing like that, the first day takes all of the preparation, you know, you have to prepare for all of it. And then, but after the first day preparation is easy because you did all that stuff up front. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. There's just a lot of upfront stuff to do, but once we're doing it once a week, preparation will be uh, just on a week by week basis and I won't have to do everything. It's kind of like starting a podcast. When you start a podcast, man, you have to come up with the theme music. If you're me, like I mentioned, I love the theme music. Uh, You have to come up with artwork. You have to come up with a description. You have to come up with show notes. You have to come up with a website and wet and uh, media hosting and you have to get all this stuff together and i love the process actually uh because then you have to submit it to itunes and you submit it to google podcasts and spotify stitcher uh soundcloud all the different places that podcasts go and i i actually love starting new shows like that and that's probably why i have a whole list of of shows that you've probably never heard of um that I I should mention in just a little bit. Actually, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, it, it, just preparation is is uh, one of those things. So and it's like podcasting. Um, so this will be the last little bit that I do today, and that is a list of po- archive podcasts that I've done. How about that? Um, there's there's a lot of folks that will email me, and they'll say, James, I've caught up on that story show. And I, first of all, hats off to you because that's a feat right there. There's a lot of podcasts. There's like 300 and something, 330 as of, as of this week. Uh, and that's a lot of hours of podcasting and a lot of years of my life. 
Um, but then they're like, what do I listen to next? And, and first of all, I'll mention my current shows. Uh, I've got red school bus that I just started back up this week with my, with my son. It was with my daughter, but now my son and me are doing it. And, uh, red school bus at R rsbcast.com and uh i've i've got um this one obviously uh i've got a audio book that i just published and it's coming out every weekend um it's called sort of kind of superpowered and you can look it up at sort of kind of superpowered.com but if you really want to go back in and, and listen to stuff from back in the day if you go to nlcast.com and click on nlcast map um uh, uh it's called archive podcast and other shows we like. Okay. And then there's a list of other shows we like, and then there is uh, stuff I used to do. One of them is called we're both right. And that was a show that ran um, for four episodes. And it's the most recent one to bite the bullet. Uh, it was my wife and I, and it may resurrect one day, but life has been um, busy and I've been depressed and, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to do a show when you don't have the energy to prepare for it. And so, uh, we're both right. Made it four episodes made. My day was the first podcast and it served a purpose for quite a while. I did 37 of those and that's where every single day I would, I would pull up something that was a tiny little miracle that happened that made each day worth living. And it was just kind of a shot in the arm kind of podcast. And, and a lot of people liked that one. Another one I did called Movie Beatdown. And it was a movie review podcast where we looked at parts of the story or beats using Blake Snyder's Save the Cat as our guide. It was very much a niche little podcast. We did 13 episodes. It was with my friend Paul, God Paul Godbout. He's a pastor now and he's doing amazing work. And, um, and then there's Podcast Kid which is a show I did with my daughter way back in the day when she was little. We started when she was like barely two years old and it went on until I want to say middle school uh, for, for quite a while. And you can find that we did 46 episodes and um, it's still, uh, it still comes up as a top podcast in iTunes because uh, people can still go back and listen to it and they listen to it with their kids and stuff like that. And, um, but then they, then they emailed me about it and I don't remember anything because it was a long time ago that we did it. Uh, my wife and I did a podcast called geek loves nerd and we did 86 episodes of that. And, um, it was just uh, a marriage and family advice podcast. Uh, the angle was she was the nerd, the CPA kind of nerd person. I was the geek, the, the loser video gamer guy. And, um, that was one of the, I think that was the second podcast I ever did. Uh, Help, I'm a children's pastor. Another niche kind of podcast, but I did 37 episodes of that. And uh, it was it was to help podcasters, like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, pastors, to help children's pastors who um, had small groups. At the time, I was a pastor of a very large church, or a children's pastor of a very large church. But I always had a heart for those uh, people that are kind of in the situation I'm at now where I've got like eight kids, you know, or 15 kids or seven kids here and there. And, um, what do you do when you're, you don't have a bunch of, uh, uh, resources and a, and a big budget and all that kind of stuff. That's what help on my children's pastor was all about. I did a show called I like genius, 
and that one lasted uh for four episodes <laughs> it was one of my favorites though i interviewed some really really great people uh i i interviewed dustin mclean who uh is a creative guy he, he has a very very awesome youtube channel where he does uh 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 prop building and and costume building uh, uh, budget stuff at least he was doing that the last time i i talked to him but i i interviewed him because he was the one that did uh, literal music videos so if you've ever heard of those he did that and mike adair is um a guy who works for uh hallmark cards and he has created uh lots of characters and and does awesome stuff and then ben heck who is actually named ben heckendorn he's He's gone on to do uh, amazing things on YouTube, and uh, he he start got started by creating video game controllers for the handicapped people, disabled folks, people that literally were you know missing uh, an arm or couldn't couldn't use controllers with their hands and things like that. So he was awesome. Uh, Grateful Kid was one I did with my son, and that one lasted uh, here it is four episodes. <laughs> Jay wasn't very talkative when he was little, but it was, it served a purpose and it was to teach that little dude how to be grateful and to help him think. And so if you have a kid that, that just takes for granted, all of the things that ha just happen in their life, cause that's what kids kind of think is that everything just happens. But if you have one of those kids, uh, have them listen to grateful kid and it'll help them to realize. And, and that one had a theme song, like I said, that was pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, then there's the girl meets world podcast that I did with my daughter, Jenna, that one, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how many we did there. Uh, but there weren't very many. It turned out to be a lot of work and girl meets world was a great podcast and it could have been something great, but it just, it was a lot of work. Explicit answers was a spinoff show that my wife and I tried to do for a little while. Um, and, and, and it was just in the same vein as geek loves nerd. We just tried renaming it and um, slash exit had one episode and it was about how to quit <laughs> world of Warcraft. And it was uh, supposed to be a uh, podcast about pulling away from the things that, that pull us away from the stuff that we're supposed to be doing. And uh, it just didn't turn out to, to last that long. Q hog was a show that, that me and some friends did um, that was about Netflix television. And we watched shows like uh, Raising Hope, Farscape, Mad Men, uh, Better Off Ted, and things like that. And we would review stuff. And we did five episodes and uh, called it quits on that one. Um, so I've started a lot of shows, if you can't guess. Stuff I Wish I Could Say was a personal one. Now we did seven episodes. I got to uh, talk to... I, I basically said things to people uh, that... I would never say to their face, very passive aggressive kind of show. So for instance, uh, episode three was things I would say to ninja bikers and episode five was things I would say to cars with lots of bass. Um, uh, and then number seven was a very emotional ones with things I would say to my dad. And I, and I don't think I could recover after that one. I think I, I just had to stop, but, uh, chop the ax cop podcast was one that I did uh, with uh, John Knip John Steinklobber, I'm sorry, uh, you know, from that story show, and also Ethan Nicole, the creator of the Axe Cop uh, 
a phenomenon that was a, uh, 10 years ago now, but it was a great show. We did 25 episodes, many of them with Ethan himself, and we got invited out to LA to come to the Axiversary, uh, the one-year anniversary of Axe Cop, and got to meet people and do cool stuff, and it was neat, and I still know Ethan, and he's married now, he's got kids, and, and he's moved on to bigger and better things, like he did uh, Veggie Tales. he worked on VeggieTales. So, and then Brokia, I don't know what we were thinking about with Brokia. It was a show that we did, that John and I did, where we went off and, and just tried to do geek stuff instead of telling stories. And we did 18 episodes. And, um, and then we went back to doing Nobody's Listening, which eventually became that story show. So there you go. There's a big list of, of shows that you can check out if you're bored with, uh, or if you just don't have anything else to do. There's a lot of stuff. So I'm going to go and um, I'm going to go to bed and I'll talk to you guys at a later time. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Guess what I've been thinking about today. I've been thinking about NarthexCon con 2020 uh, March 20th. Does that work for you? That's when we're going to do it. It's going to be right here in St. Louis. Same uh, place as last year at the historical Melvin theater. And, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to do some podcasting and some meet and greets and some Q and A's and some giveaways. And I don't know what all, but if you're thinking of coming, you should try to, it's, uh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, NarthexCon is available, you know, information is available on Facebook. Um, I'm just going to answer some questions that I got uh, for a few minutes here. Justin Lomaster says, if they reshot an entire movie with all the same cast, except one is replaced with you, which movie would you choose? And I've been looking at that question all day. And the answer would be, um, now I've, now I've lost it. <laughs> It would be, it would be John wick. There we go. Because I would love to be John wick, man. He, he just killing all these guys, all these bad guys and in doing all these sweet moves. And I would just love to see a fat guy doing all that. <laughs> How awesome would that be <laughs> just to be that cool? I mean, would it translate? Would it still work or would it be hilarious or would it just even be better? Would it be even better because some dude that doesn't look like he could do anything like that is just knocking it out. Just rah. I don't know if you've ever seen John wick, but if you haven't, it's one of my favorite movies and uh, Baba Yaga and you need to check it out. So Luke uh, Barnett says, how moist do you feel right now? I don't feel moist at all, but thank you for making me say moist. Uh, uh, it's not one of my favorite words. Uh, Jeremy Shields says, who was the first girl that broke your heart? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I ever had a girl break my heart. And, uh, but, but I, I guess the first one that did was Jen, my current wife, because there was a point, um, cause, cause first, the reason why I said no, nothing at first is I was thinking of traditional like dating situations. And most of mine was, you know, uh, when I was in high school and, and, you know, middle school, but, uh, Jennifer, decided she was done with me uh at a period in time and we were broken up for like an entire summer 
and both of us dated other people and uh the whole thing and that that definitely broke my heart and made me think that i was gonna lose her and re- made me realize how special and important she was to me and how i needed to change some things about myself because i i wasn't very very nice i wasn't a very nice dude back then to her and i took advantage of her kindness and um and it was it was bad. I I never got taught how to treat a woman, and um, what I did get taught wasn't very good. And so I'm I've got a lot of things that I regret about uh, the way I viewed women and girls in general when I was in high school. Uh, and and uh, but she she took me to task, man. She made me uh, a better person. Made me. Uh, grow out of that and and demanded better treatment and she got it and because she deserves it and of course now you know we've been married 23 years i think she walks on water i think she's the best thing in the world and i treat her that way and uh i, I mean i'm very blessed to have her and uh it started back then when she broke my heart though so there you go jeremy shields who got a deeper answer than you probably ever thought Hey, John Wilkerson says, why do you post things like this after I've gone to bed? <laughs> I always miss out. It's because I stay up late because I, I get activated in the evenings. And that's why it's like one o'clock. It's one twenty-two in the morning. And I hit record to record a little bit because I, I get inspired and um, I want to start doing stuff late in the evenings. And I want to draw things and stuff like that. It's probably part of the bipolar. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Uh, it, it just, it scares me so much that I'm going to crash and, and it's just going to be this hard crash. But my wife and I were talking, we, we actually went on a, a date tonight because the kids were babysitting and we were talking and she says, well, because it it's the medicine, the change in medicine that makes the difference. Maybe it will stay different, but the thing with medicine is it usually works and then it kind of tapers off and, and it has a lasting effect, but it's never quite the same as when it just, when you just got it fresh. I don't know. It's like eating ice cream. The first bite is amazing. Second bite's good. Third bite, whatever. By the time you feed enough of it, you're kind of sick of it or you're, you're ready to be done. Um, that's that's the kind of way meds are. So I don't know, but I'm going to I'm going to try to do as much as possible uh while I'm up. So um speaking of things that I did today, I I released chapter 2 of uh of my book today and uh you know, I'm looking to see what the downloads are like all day and uh see if there's any interest in it. I don't know. It it's different with with this one though. Because with podcasting, you look at every week and you look at the numbers and the downloads and you kind of judge your popularity based on that. But this one's going to be up for the long haul. And I expect people to find it even, you know, a year or two or three years from now. And because it's more of an audio book thing, it's not, it's, it doesn't matter when you find it, you know? And, uh, but right now the numbers look good. Um, uh, chapter one has 267 downloads and uh, chapter two has 76 
and it's just been today. So um, I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I got to imagine a lot of folks listened to GOK and got chapter one off of that one, and they didn't feel the need to listen to chapter one on the real one. And so I'm hoping that chapter two will at least get the 267 again, you know, cause that means that people that listen to chapter one have hung out for chapter two, but we'll see. We'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, a couple more questions and then, then I'll, I'll kill it for tonight. Um, says, uh, t- uh t- Tammy, Toby Selleck says, what do you pray for? most fervently about your children and their current and future lives. Um, the, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I do pray for my kids, not as often as I should do, do we do any of us though? The, the thing I hope for them and the thing that I beg God for and um, the thing I want for them the most is just to still, once they've grown up, once they've gotten out from under my house, once they've gotten through college, once they're 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 living their lives and they've grown up, I hope that that they still have Jesus. <laughs> I wanted to say it nicer, like you know the 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 spirit of God or whatever, whatever. But I I just hope that that we've done a good enough job teaching them. That, that Jesus and, and his ways and God's ways are, are real and that they are important and, and they are necessary. And I'm not just talking about uh, fire insurance important. I'm talking about important for life and, and stuff like that. Because that's it's just kind of the way I think about God is I believe everybody's got their own way of believing, you know, but I, I start with sometimes that that God's ways are best. Like, like even if I didn't want to serve God, I still would have to admit that God's ways are best. That that his way of doing things is the solution to all our problems. And I would also have to have right behind that the understanding that I alone myself do not have the ability to live by those standards that I need God's strength and I need forgiveness and I need him. And so that's kind of where I come at it with the whole God thing is I start with his ways are best and I end up with, but I need him to uh, be able to do God's best. And I I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm saying that I hope that we've put enough into our kids and that they've seen our lives because they haven't had a typical church upbringing, at least not since Jenna was in third grade when I lost my job. She, she, you know, they haven't been um, to church with the children's ministries and the, and the stuff like that. And um, their youth group's okay, but it's not great. And, and our church is good, but it's not targeting them. You know, it's, 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 it's targeting the group of people that have been collected there and they are part of it, but you know, it's, it's an adult service and it's a small group. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, so I, so it just comes down to me. I know that my wife and I are the primary people. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be the primary spiritual influence. I just hope that we've 
um, lived it out enough in them that, that when the world comes against all their beliefs, that they will, uh, they will stay in there. And, you know, like recently I heard about Rhett and Link and how one of them put up a podcast about how they've moved away from Christianity. And that kind of, that's, that's the kind of stuff that just scares the crap out of me because, uh, you know, are, are the kids going to get to the point, to a point where they don't believe in it, uh, because they're not in my house anymore. And my thing is, I hope they've experienced enough to where when they leave my house, that their faith wasn't real only because they were, you know, they were using me as a crutch to lean on, you know, uh, I hope that they've got enough of, of an experience with God on their own to where there's no questioning in their heart and their mind that he is real and, and he's a necessary part of life. Um, so there, there it is. That's the thing I pray the most for. That's the thing that I fear the most. And I, that's why I said, I guess I, I don't pray as much as about it as I should, because it's, it's one of those things that I've got to do, you know, and I pray that we are doing because her, her upbringing is, is been a lot different than mine. And it's a wonder I even believe in God, to be honest, the, the crap that I went through as a kid and the, 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 I mean, I, I had a lot of good people around me, so I don't want to diss every single person, but there was a lot of performance-based spirituality that I had to deal with that really um, turned me off to a lot of it. And, and I wonder and I worry that our attitudes about church and about overly spiritual people isn't going to create some sort of barrier in their hearts to where they won't want anything to do with church at all because, um, because of the way we've raised them. Cause I, I, I'm not anti-church. I'm just anti getting judged and getting, um, hated on because I have to be real. I have to be myself. And there's a lot of folks that can't handle that. So I hope that they can hold on to Jesus and, and, uh, in spite of the, of the people that love him, <laughs> if that makes sense. Hannah Myra Kessie says, what was the worst date you've ever been on? Um, that one was one of the dates that I went on when Jen and I were split up. Um, I went out with this girl named Isis and, uh, it was just a, it, it was a mess. I mean, nothing bad happened. It's just, I spent all this money. I was trying to impress her. I need, I, I wanted, um, I wanted Jen back, but I don't know that there was a, there was a place in my heart that was missing and I was trying to fill that void. And the, the conversation was shallow and surface and the connection was, was empty and not there. And I bet she had a great time. 
Um, but I didn't because I, all I was doing was comparing her to Jen and realizing that there's so many things that she and I just do and just know about each other by default. And there's a certain level of, of, of conversation that we can get to so easily. And, uh, so yeah, it was bad it, and, it, and it was breaking my heart, you know, because I was so tore up. So anyway, this is all I'll do tonight. There's some really good questions still left. Um, but I'll save them for another period of time. Uh, I hope you're enjoying GOK and, uh, I, I look forward to your feedback. Good night all. Okay. Now it's, um, Sunday night. It's 11 o'clock at night. And, um, I think I'm done doing these little segmented episodes. It was a fun experiment, but I feel like I put out a lot of, uh, words, but not necessarily a lot of, not necessarily a lot of content. So I'll have to get some feedback from some of you. Today, uh, we met at the church and, um, we cleaned it. It's not used very often yet. And it's a very old building. And, um, there's still stuff to be done to it. Like the stage needs to be finished. We don't have enough chairs, you know, for the program. Um, the inside of the walls are exposed brick and they're really nice and cool looking, but they, they shed. So there's constant, uh, vacuuming and cleaning up of small concrete pieces uh, but we got all the classrooms set up for the event on uh, the 28th or the 20th, 20, 26th. What is it? 23rd, 23rd, next Sunday. And there's a lot of work to be done. Um, the theme song came back. Um, I told you that I would let you hear it. So I will, I will plug that in after I'm done talking. I will stick it in there so you can hear it. I think it turned out really good. Um, and I can't wait to hear kids sing, trying to sing along with it. <laughs> they'll, they'll eventually get it. I mean, it's a full on rap, but I'm going to make a video out of it. Um, uh, and that's one of many things that I've got to do this week, um, uh, to get ready for the 23rd. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I can't remember back how much I've talked about children's ministry and novation kids, the, the program that we're going to be doing. Um, but it's kind of a big deal to me because it'll be really the first thing that I've done at this level in a number of years since Florida. And, um, right now, since I'm up, you know, I feel like I can handle it. And that there's going to be no problems, uh, meaning on my end, I'm, I mean, there's always, you know, something, something's always going to go haywire, but, uh, I don't think I'm going to be a problem in my moods and things like that. Things seem to be kind of leveled out for now. And, 
and uh i think i think things are going to be good and and it's going to be something that we do that i think is going to be long lasting and i, I may have shared this but david said something the other day uh through a text he said that he feels like this is going to be something big uh for us as a as a church he says it may not start out big but it will be big and and i appreciated that so much because i'm a little scared the only thing i'm scared about is the amount of kids that we may or may not have i i can handle tons of kids i just don't know what we're going to do if we only have eight, you know? And so, uh, we haven't done a lot of outreach. I hate it. I hate doing door to door stuff. I get nervous. I, I'm such a hypocrite where I want to work in the neighborhoods. Uh, I want to see lives change, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to walk up and down the streets and get stared at. And, uh, get asked why I'm walking around and you know, it's just uncomfortable. And I, and I, I know you're sitting there thinking, you know, well, that's understandable, but, uh, David has no fear. And so I usually ride on his coattails and, um, I'm just, I'm just the extra person in, you know, while he does all the talking. Uh, but when it comes to bringing those kids into a, a, a an environment where, uh, you know, I can speak to them. That's, that's where I shine. If you could use that phraseology. Um, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. One of the things that I'm trying to do is, um, thinking about improving things that I do and podcasts is what I do right now. And, um, how can I make them better? And one of the things that I think I could do better is show prep. Um, and I, I mean, just doing it earlier in the week and maybe, uh, reading the stories through in my head and thinking about them during the week and possibly coming up with funny thoughts about them or, you know, and stuff and writing it down. I don't know, kind of like a comedy writer would do. Because sometimes the stories that we read on the show are funny in and of themselves, and and you don't need a lot of stuff to add to them. But sometimes the stories are just okay, and what we bring to the story makes it funnier. I mean, I've even heard some of our listeners say as much that sometimes they say, I don't know what's funnier, the story or how James and John react to it. And the truth is, sometimes it is the story and sometimes it is just how we react to it. Like your average middle school story is not in and of itself a funny thing, except for the way we present it and we kind of make fun of them and kind of dog them out. Uh... And it makes it fun because it's a little bit of a roast, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Um, and uh, I, I want to get a, we- a better website for the, sh- for the whole network, for the whole nobody's listening 
podcast community. Uh, my problem is I don't know who to go to and, um, I don't want to waste money. Meaning I, I would spend the money to do it. I mean, we have Patreon funds for that purpose. I just don't want to, let's say, say a web, somebody says, okay, we'll do your website thousand bucks. I don't want to put a thousand bucks out there and then have a crappy website. And I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Cause you go to Google and you type in, uh, stuff about websites and you get everybody that just knows how to do the keywords, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we're the best in the, in the West, we're the best on the internet, blah, blah, blah. We build this Squarespace, you know, Weebly, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. Um, I look to, uh, Scott Johnson for a lot of, uh, stuff. Cause that guy, he is like my podcast mentor, even though he and I have only had really one conversation and that was on a podcast he guest hosted years and years ago. Uh, but I look to his websites and the way he does things because, um, he does, he does well, he does very well. And, um, his website happens to be, I believe a Squarespace website, but I have tried to log on to Squarespace, um, you know, for free, you know, they have a free trial period. And I've tried to build something that I could use and couldn't do it, just couldn't do it. And, and they claim that it's easy, you know, they, they, they have ads in a lot of the videos that I watch on YouTube talking about how easy it is. And it appears that it would be easy, but I, I have a very specific idea in mind that I want, you know, things to be like, and, uh, Maybe I'm the problem. What I understand from what I understand, the way web designers work nowadays is they like you to uh, tell them what you want, and and they draw it up in Photoshop. They'll liter literally draw up the website, and then they use uh, cascading style sheet CSS to uh, translate that into an actual website. And even though I don't know how to build a website or even a theme in WordPress, I could do the Photoshop part and I could make it look in Photoshop exactly how I wanted and get all the features laid out in, if I could do that and then pass that off to somebody, um, that could take that idea and make it real. That would be incredible. Um, but there's, there's professionals that I'm sure are out there that are great, great folks. And they want to charge a lot of money because they're great folks and they're big and, and all that. And I, I don't want that guy, you know? Um, and then there's uh, uncle Joe who can, who's messed around with HTML and CSS and he can build you a website for, you know, $25. And I don't want that guy either. I want somebody in the middle. I I would love it if it could be like a listener uh, to the show or something like that. That's just like, you know, 
I'm going to do this as a favor, except I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, like somebody that would say, I would almost do it for free. Uh, but, but I'm not doing it for free. And, um, that's who I would like to give Patreon money to is, uh, somebody that, that, that had an inve a personal investment in what we do. But, um, what are some of the things I want out of the website? Um, I want it to reflect all of the shows and the book that I do right now. There's three shows and one book. Um, I want it to be really a, a cleaned up version of what I've got. Um, because I worked really hard to get the website where it's at now. It's just not, it's just not perfect. It doesn't look very well. Uh, I would love, uh, for there to be show notes with timestamps for the different segments and, uh, to where you could go to the website and search by keyword and, and, you know, the story would pop up because you, you knew the, you didn't know what episode, but you knew the story and you could look it up and it would pop up and then you could click on the timestamp and it would forward to that story in the time, you know, in the media player. That would be awesome. Um, that's the kind of stuff I get to thinking about when I'm up about the website, but I don't even know how important the website is. I really don't. I don't know how many people actually visit. I don't track it. I don't keep track of it. I, I do kind of tend to obsess about it. But I know when I listen to podcasts, I, I barely ever go to the person's website. It's just me and my device and the fact that I'm subscribed to an RSS feed, you know. But when people do go, I would like them to have a pleasant experience. And I would like the website to be useful because if I'm the guy that has this story that I want to rehear and I don't know what episode it's from, um, I'm going to go to the website and I'm going to try to use the search bar and find that. And I would like that to function properly and work properly. So I don't know. I don't know. So um, I'll let me answer a couple more questions because I like answering questions. <laughs> And then I'll uh, put the cap on the end of this uh, podcast, this particular episode. Um, I I didn't catch who asked me these questions, so I I apologize for that. There was a there was a lot of them, and I copied and pasted them, but I did not copy who asked it. So I apologize. Does podcasting support you financially enough to call it your profession? Well, it's no secret how much I make on podcasting. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash that story show, I think I make about $640 a month on podcasting, which is a lot. And it's more than I deserve. Um, a certain percentage of that goes into an account that is untouched, that is used for um, the monthly and annual uh, fees that we encounter, you know, like domain names and hosting and, uh, 
you know, just emergency funds for, for equipment and things like that. Um, and, and then a certain percentage goes into tithe, a 10%. Uh, and then a certain percentage goes to John Steinklopper. And, um, and so he ends up with a certain amount and, um, and then the rest of it stays in PayPal, uh, my share, I guess. Uh, so right now, um, John gets 30% and, um, and, and then I, I get, uh, I think 40 and then the rest is, uh, set aside, but is it enough to call a profession? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think I could work at Chick-fil-A and make more than that a month. Um, I haven't actually done the math. Let's, let's calculate it out. S $640 divided by four is 160 bucks. So yeah, I could make more money at, at a part-time job. Um, but when you consider that, quote unquote, all I do is four episodes a month, you know, then I'm, I'm blown away by that. Uh, and, and, and very humbled. So, um, I still like to refer to myself as a podcaster because that is the thing I'm most proud of right now that I do, um, outside of family, you know, and stuff like that. So, I would love for it to be a profession. I would love for the show to grow. I would love for more income to come in. Um, I would love for us to be able to do live video streams of our show and things like that. Um, and things like that come with more income. Um, but we're not YouTubers and YouTubers. It's that kind of stuff seems to happen for them. But podcasters, it comes and it's just slower. It's just a slower process. Uh, but I, I, I'm really proud of where we're at. You know, we have just under ten thousand downloads an episode after about a month. I, I, I count them. I count them the first twenty four hours. I, I just kind of look and see. Okay, this shows me how many we've got in the first twenty four hours. Then I'll come back and I'll look at it a week uh, later and see, and then I'll look at it a month out. And, and that kind of tells me where we're at download wise. Uh, and, and they all stop the, the, the big, uh, rise in numbers stops about 9,600, you know, 700. Some of them do go to 10, 10, 10 you know, 10,100, whatever, you know, stuff like that, especially a lot of the older episodes that have been out there for a while, people find the show and download it and, and they up the, the counts. Um, so I, I look at those numbers and I see success and I am very proud of that. And I'm proud of my, my audience. Like I said, I got the best audience in the world. Um, but do I call it a profession? Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think if you think financially, then I, I that you could. So, um, why not have sponsors instead of patrons? Just curious. How did that all come about? Well, we, we are not opposed to sponsors. 
I would just prefer not to have them. Um, because with patron, with patrons, it's the people supporting the show and I don't have to stop the show and do a commercial. Now that does mean I do need to talk about Patreon and I have to mention it. And I kind of hate that because it feels like I'm just grubbing for money sometimes. But, uh, I think a sentence or two about Patreon at the beginning of the show is a lot better than a minute and a half about Squarespace or audible or, you know, one of the other places that might sponsor. Um, we actually picked up a sponsor, um, that I'm trying out myself right now. Um, they are called better help, better help. And they are a count online counseling, um, deal. And I got a two months, free, um, trial to try it out. And luckily I am a man in need of counseling. And so I thought it was a good fit for the show. Um, and, and, and a good fit for me personally. So I'm going to give it a try and give it a shout shot. And, and when it comes time for me to talk about it and get paid to talk about it, it'll be for real, you know? And, and if for some reason it doesn't work out, I'll cancel it. Sure enough. will. um, but that's, that's really what that comes down to sponsors instead of Patreon. I, I, I'm not opposed to sponsors. I would just rather, I, I feel better if, if it comes from people who love the show, cause it's like an expression of, of love really. I mean, honestly, when somebody gives in Patreon, I take it as a, like, it's personal. Like, it's like, wow, you really love the show. So I like Patreon better because sponsors just, they just want your people. They just want you for your people. And, uh, in that way, they kind of use you for your people. Um, that's why I'm very careful about what I do bring to the table. I think the last sponsorship we did was, um, some sort of, I can't remember the name of it, but it was cooking at home and we tried that out and it was really awesome. And I talked about it. Uh, so we'll see, but I prefer patron support, even though it's not as much, you know, I think you could probably get a lot more out of, out of sponsors, but, um, I don't know. I just like the, the organicness of Patreon. Uh, whatever happened to David's little girl in Ireland? Well, she is grown now. She's probably 10 or 11 years old. And, um, that is about all I'm going to say about that because that's David's business. And, um, and she, cause the next question is, does he ever get to see her? And, and I, I don't have the Liberty to talk about David's business. So, but she is in Ireland living a happy life. So that's all, that's all I can say. Um, does your mom listen to the show? No, she does not. And if she does, I, I, uh, I haven't heard it. So I don't think she knows what podcasts are. And, um, she's, she's not the type to sit and listen to stuff. Um, I don't know really much about what she does in her spare time. <laughs> um, back in the old days, she listened to a lot of Carmen and Amy Grant and, and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know what she listens to now, but I know it's not my show. 
especially GOK. If she listened to GOK, she would probably know more about me than if she called me regularly, which she doesn't. So, uh, what about your siblings? No, none of my siblings listen to my show that I know of. Um, to them, I am just the, the pain in the butt older brother that treated them like crap when they were little. And, and, uh, we, we all have a, a, a working, working relationship with each other, but we're not super close. Okay. So, uh, um, I mean, I love, I love my sisters. They're great, but, um, they, they would not see me as a source of entertainment. <laughs> I don't know. What is, what did Jesus say that, you know, uh, about a prophet in his own, own, his own town, you know, uh, something to the effect of you, you, you gotta be, you know, you, you can't get respect in your own family or whatever. So yeah, they, they don't see me as a source of entertainment. That's the best way to say that and to leave it there. Um, did you buy a bunch of equipment or how did you get started in podcasting? Um, that is a, a good story. Um, a quick one. A friend of mine named Vance uh, was a big uh, Apple guy. You know, he loved, he had an iPad, iPod, I'm sorry. And I'd never even seen an iPod. I had played with MP3s and MP3 players, but I'd never seen an iPod. And he introduced me to that and podcasting all on the same day by saying, you need to listen to my podcast. And so he had me trapped in his car and he made me listen to his show. And it was um, terrible. And, but, but. I fell in love with the concept and the idea and I asked him how he did it and, and how simple it was to get started. And I was like, I can do that. And I just need a good thing to do it for. And then my brother and I, you know, always had these stories that we shared with people and uh, we're like, why don't we tell the world about it? So we did. And then we ran out of stories and then we started telling y'all stories. So it, it, it kind of, uh, transformed. Uh, so that's how I got started with podcasting. We, we bought, um, just out of my own pocket, I bought a, a small mixer. I had a laptop that, that came with my ministry works at the time. And we borrowed microphones from the, my children's church chapel. And, uh, we talked into microphones on Wednesday nights while the kids programs were going on. And uh, did recap songs and silly stuff like that. Uh, did you have to buy a bunch of equipment? Yes, I have a lot of equipment now. Uh, well, I say a lot. I have good equipment that I couldn't have afforded back then and would be expensive to replace all of it at one time. But I bought it over time, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, you know, I've had several mixers, you know, and I've, I've outgrown them or outlived them because I think they all died. I really do. I think the last one, this has been the one that's lasted the longest. And I think it's been five years and it's, uh, it's on its last legs because one of the dials is really jacking up. Um, but, uh, I, my equipment, I, I take pride in it, not because it's the most expensive or the cut most cutting edge. Um, it is, uh, the simplest and the easiest way to podcast. Cause I turn, I flip on a switch and, and then I turn on, uh, the recorder 
and everything just works right out of the box. And with my anxiety and depression, I need it to work that well. So, um, did you have to buy a bunch of equipment when I got started? No, we, we, we bought a $40 microphone that we didn't even really need. We could have used two SM 58s from the church and it would have been a lot better. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. And we bought a little mixer that we could plug the microphones in that plugged into the USB port on the side of the laptop. And we used, uh, Adobe audition to record, which I think was called something else back then. I think it was called cool edit pro. Uh, and then Adobe bought it. And, uh, so, um, that is all of the questions that I will answer tonight. And with that, I will put a cap on, um, this podcast. I think it's gone quite a long time. <laughs> That's the other thing about doing it night by night. And, and you guys will have to tell me, is this cool? Is this something, is this better than no episode at all? Because, um, unless I have a topic that I'm very passionate about that I can sit and talk about for 45 minutes, I think knocking out a little bit here and there, um, every day, uh, is a, is a good way to, to, to do that. So anyway, I just want to mention Zane Estrada, Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt. Thank you for your support and all of our patrons. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash G O K. And, um, thank you for listening to my show and all of its, uh, pieces <laughs> this episode. And, uh, I hope you are blessed and I hope you will give me some feedback and let me know what you want from uh gok we've we've tried all kinds of different things haven't we there was it was the time i was sitting in my truck talking into a microphone into a recorder um or into my phone actually and gok has been like a bible study a few times you know uh and then here lately it's just been like a daily update thing so do you care you, you want to leave it up to me and and uh you just take whatever I put out I, or, or you want, um, or is there a favorite method of, uh, or favorite way you would like me to stick to? Um, cause I'm, I'm cool with that. It's just for some reason, GOK is the hardest one to come up with, uh, content for, for me, because, um, I, I think some of it plays into my low self-esteem. It's like, I could talk about anything, but would anybody really care to hear me talk about those things? Uh, but, but you guys are, are, are friends and fans and, and I, uh, I don't take that for granted. So anyway, James at NLcast.com is how you would get a hold of me or look me up on Facebook and message me. I'm pretty approachable. Uh, thank you for listening and God bless. And we'll see you later. Peace.